0: Hello everyone, welcome back to Confusion Confusions. I'm Gracial and I have Ashley and Megan here with me. Okay, this week's episode, we are going to be talking about another literature text that we're doing. So it's going to be another book club episode. Um, The book that we'll be discussing about is The Great Gatsby, which is quite an iconic book. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of it before. Mm-hmm. Um, so for us, I think Gatsby was none of our favourite books, right? Was it any of your favourite books to study? Mm, I think I only really liked it at the end. Mm, so, like, after understanding the book, right? Yeah. So, personally, I read the book when I was in America. So, I think, like, when I first read the book, like, I felt like I didn't really understand what was going on. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, because, like, the the plot was quite confusing for me. Like, especially when I first started reading it. Mm-hmm. And. I honestly thought the whole book Was about Gatsby And then Mm. Only in the first lesson Like we found out that The book is actually about Like More about Nick Yeah As a narrator Mm -hmm. Yeah So Basically the book is called The Great Gatsby So most people think that The book is about Gatsby And like The entire plot Revolves around like Gatsby and his wealth Mm And the parties that he chose But -hmm. in reality The Great Gatsby Is about how like Nick sees Gatsby As great Like how how he perceives Gatsby and like Nick's um, background. This is because Nick, number one, he's the narrator and number two, like the book starts off um with Nick's perspective and background. Yeah. So this, now this plays into um the writing style of Scott Fitzgerald. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about the writing style and the content structure of this book? Mm, Ashley, you want to go first? I
1: think the writing structure is super intricate. Mm. Like, it's, there's a lot of, like, techniques interwoven into the book that you won't realise when you're reading. Like, I definitely didn't realise it when mm. I read it for the first time because it moves so quickly. I don't know. I, I just think it's very, it's, like, a lot more detailed than you think it is.
2: Mm.
0: How about you, Megan?
2: Yeah, I think for me, I what I agree with Ashley about is that the intricacy of the book. I really like how like the language changed from scene to scene, so it really really matched like the setting and like the mood of every single scene. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to like go and like when you analyze like the book on a deeper level, so you can also see like the way that they spoke about different scenes and different characters' points of view and stuff like that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you think like The language change, From scene
2: to scene though? Like Like for example Like one of the examples is like The rich poor divide So you know like For those scenes I remember there's this scene That Jordan That Jordan Baker Wait no I think Jordan Baker and What's the name? Daisy Like they describe their dresses As like wedding cakes mm. So like the difference So that like there's like Very floaty floaty feel But when you compare it to like um, the poorer people, like Mrs. Wilson and stuff like that, the the way that they describe the dresses is also like kind of different. So mm-hmm. it's a very clear of position yeah. yeah.
0: I think for me, the most interesting part about Fitzgerald, um, like his writing style, is how he made Nick the writer. Mm. And then, so like the subjectivity of, like Nick's first person voice, I think is quite important mm. to the story. And, like, it obscures, like, the view of... The point of views of other characters. So, mm. so like... Um, in obscuring the point of view of other characters, it becomes, like... Such that... Their personality, like... Like, Gatsby's personality also becomes ambiguous to the reader. And... That's because, like... Nick is so subjective as a first person. Mm-hmm. Like, from the first person voice, like, his first person voice. And then... So it's like, you really have to figure out, like, their personality, like, Gatsby's personalities through, not, like, Nick's subjective view and also um, the voices of other characters in the book, which is, like, quite rare, I think.
2: Yeah. And so,
0: actually, a lot of the book's plot and, like, character development becomes, like, it's, like, quite difficult to tell, like, what is true and what is not. Yeah, so truth becomes, like, quite twisted in the book, I think. Yeah. yeah. I think it's crazy how, like, you will take on certain,
1: like, prejudices or, like, ideas from Nick and then not even realise
0: it. Oh, mm. yeah. Which is, yeah. So, I think one thing that Nick does is, like, he puts himself on the per- pedestal. Mm. Yeah. And then he's 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 quite quick to judge other characters and, like, yeah. see the flaws.
1: Mm, how about... How important do you think like the time period and setting was in this story?
0: Mm, I think the I think for me like I I I I like like when I study books I like to look more at the setting, I don't different parts about like the books. Yeah. And then in this particular book, I think okay so Fitzgerald ha- Fitzgerald has a really. In like his writing style is like very like all the imagery and everything is very detailed and complicated. Mm-hmm. So like one thing and like one moment, right? It's like described in such detail that it becomes like almost not reality anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I have any examples like mm, like okay, let me find an example of like Do y'all have have any examples that you can think of? Maybe the one
2: about when Gatsby, Nick and Daisy, they all went to the same party Then they saw the movie star, the director. Oh, yeah. Then there's saw like snatches of moments like that. Hmm. It's like a whole moment on its own.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Why does my mind draw a blank? I don't remember that scene at all. Okay,
0: but... Okay, there's another scene that I think Hmm. is quite iconic. Hmm. So... Um. basically, this is about Gatsby and Daisy's relationship. Mm-hmm. So his heart beat faster and faster as Daisy's white face came up to his own. He knew that when he kissed this girl and forever wet his unutterable mm. visions to a perishable breath, his mind would never romp again like the mind of God. So he waited, listening for a moment longer to the turning fog that had been struck upon a star. Then he kissed her. At his lips touched, she blossomed for him like a flower, and the incarnation was in- was complete. So there's another whole another paragraph after that, but yeah, it's basically, this like, it's representative of how. Can you read that part again? I think we're recording. Yeah. Okay. His heart beat faster and faster as Daisy's white face came up to his own. He knew that when he kissed this girl and forever wet his unutterable visions to her perishable breath, his mind would never romp again like the mind of God. So he waited, listening for a moment longer to the t- tuning fork that had been struck upon a star. Then he kissed her. At his lips touched, she blossomed for him like a flower, and the incarnation was complete. So I think this is quite representative of like mm. Fitzgerald. How Fitzgerald he likes to zoom in on a single like moment and include like a lot of imagery mm. to make it like almost become like an illusion. Yeah.
1: How about you, Megan? Do you find anything like in a setting or time frame particularly like interesting?
2: I think there's this one scene that I'll never forget, but it's mm-hmm. also because we did it for an exam, our PBQ exam, and I did so badly on it. Like I think I'll always remember. <laughs> like honestly, like there's this scene about like the weather. <laughs> I'm sure you all remember that oh, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was oh. the one of Gatsby was like, Gatsby wanted to meet Daisy for the first time after not seeing her so, for so many years and Nick invited her to go and see him. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, basically, the question, like, the reason why it was so shocking is because normally for, for passage-based questions, we have, like, a general themes. So, for example, um, like, one example would be time okay. or, like, yeah. yeah, or love, that kind of thing. But then this one particularly, they asked us to use, like, the weather as to analyse the scene.
2: Yeah, so it's like not only did they ask about setting, then they just had to go and narrow it even further by asking about yeah. the weather, which was, was, like, super so specific. complicated.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah. One thing, that, that in that question, something we were supposed to focus on that I think a lot of people didn't write about is, like, the, how hot it was, right? mm
2: There was a pathetic, the like, what pathetic fallacy is it? Like, the how like the, on the macro scale, the weather like mirror, like the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I thought it was really, really cool. Like the way that Fitzgerald was just able to like, weave everything in so seamlessly.
0: I think in in Gatsby, one thing is like, when you, even like a theme that you never noticed before, right? Like it's so minuscule, right? But once you find it, you realize it's like, such a major theme. Like, every theme you find, feels like a major theme.
2: Mm. every little moment in Get to be it's just like, yeah, I feel like it's like a whole play on its own it's like each and every single yeah I feel one. like he's
0: almost like playing with us like... mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and I think the interesting thing about the hit is that like it actually acts as like a purgatory mm-hmm. to kind of mm-hmm. and it's like nearing the end where the characters die so it's almost like they're walking into a purification thing Mm. Where they're getting rid of the character, so I think that was very interesting. Mm.
2: Another
0: another part about the setting that I really like mm-hmm. that I shared with them just now, but it's basically this like quote, right? It's in I think it's almost in the middle of the book, mm-hmm. and it shows the the juxtaposition between like the wealthy and the poor. Mm-hmm. So, so like they the basically Gatsby and Nick they're in a car, and then they pass by port Roosevelt, where there was a glimpse of red-belted ocean-going ships, and sped along a cobbled slum, lined with the dark, undeserted saloons of faded jolt 1900s. Then the Valley of Ashes opened out on both sides of us, and I had a glimpse of Mrs. Wilson straining at the garage pump, with panting vitality as we went by. So you kept this like the, the part where there's the poor, and then right across the bridge, right, so they are on the car, over the great bridge with the sunlight through the garden, girders making a constant flicker upon the moving cars with the city rising up across the river in white heaps and sugar lumps all built with a wish out of non factory money so it's like they are literally in a car right and they are traveling across the city and they go from like a place of like great poverty and like almost like paucity to towards like a place that is like so rich that it's almost in excess Then it shows, like, how, like, it's, like, not only juxtaposition it is, but how, like, what's that word? Is it, like, greedy the rich is in that city? How, yeah. Like, is it how they
1: obscure the poor, in
0: a sense? I think it's also, like, how the poor is, like, right next to the rich.
1: So Mm. it's, like,
0: almost exploitation in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like, you can see, like, Mrs. Wilson has panting vitality like, her energy Mm. is like, yeah, running out do you guys feel like the whole book is almost
1: hazy in a sense like, it's like, in an almost dreamlike setting, yeah -hmm.
2: Yeah. does it feel
1: that way? I think, like, the time frame especially of this book was like, super fascinating for me at the start because it's set specifically in the uh, roaring 20s which is like the jazz age, right? Mm -hmm. So it's about like the whole glitz and glamour idea. But I think it's, it also has a lot of, it's like very hallucinatory. I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's the right way to describe it, but like everything feels very temporal, no Mm -hmm. matter how like glorious it appears.
0: I think this book, right, is like a giant like embroidery. Like, it's like, a, it's like a blanket, right? With, like, mm-hmm. a lot, a lot of different, different intricate embroidery all over it. Then, like, when you try to look closer, when you try to look clo- closer, you realise that embroidery is, like, not what it seems to be. Mm. Like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so many, many different, like, embroidery all over the blanket. Something like that. That's yeah. it to be, like.
1: It's like those math questions where they have, like, 20 circles. <laughs> and they're, like, and but there's actually a hundred circles. And they're, like, find how many circles there are.
0: Yeah, what, for your right, which character do you think is the most striking? Mm. Ah, I a trick question because it's literally called The Great Gets Me. But as you <laughs> mentioned earlier, like Nick, Nick is like the focal point of the book actually.
2: Mm.
0: <laughs> Megan, you want to go first for this?
2: Mm. Okay. Actually, I think, like, for me, the most striking is probably Daisy. Mm. Because, I don't know, Daisy's, although she seems like she's right in the middle of all of this, Mm. like, glitz, glamour, and, like, all the, like, and all this, like, trying to, to, like, pursue, like, a better life, the American dream and all of that, like, Daisy is somehow removed, in the sense that I feel Mm. she's, yeah, Yeah, she is in the middle of it, but also, like, she's also doing her own thing, sort of. Mm. But somehow, she doesn't feel like such a slave. You know what I mean? It's like... I think Daisy is romanticized a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, like, because of
1: how detached she is from the sequence of events, it allows her to, like, deny responsibility when things happen. It allows her to escape a lot of the like the problems that surface in a book Mm. yeah a lot of like the questions towards her like infidelity or like her morality she can just like easily brush it aside and it gets like ignored and
2: swept under the rug yeah why would that be so though?
0: Mm. one example is it she drove the car right yeah that caused the death of Gatsby Mm -hmm. and then Myrtle, was Oh yeah, yeah Marto, sorry, sorry. So, Daisy was the one driving the car and then Gatsby was also, also in the car and then Gatsby took responsibility for Myrtle's death.
2: But why do you think Myrtle, like, sorry, not Myrtle, Daisy gets, like, let off the hook for all of this sort of thing, though? Why does I she think... get to... Mm-hmm. Why mm. does she get to just, like, disappear when it's convenient?
1: I feel like it's a plot device. Like, I feel like is to highlight the fact that in that status they can escape anything, and at the end of the day, no matter what you do, the the burden still goes to the lower hierarchy, in a Mm -hmm. sense. I think as a
0: disguise, right? I think if like her, her her ability to like get like deny responsibility proves the power of the illusion in Gatsby Mm -hmm. because. Daisy herself is like a dream. Right? Mm. But I feel like also... Like...
1: I feel like... Ironically, Daisy is... A character that has... Been in control throughout the entire... Text. To me. Mm -hmm. Like... She's very like... Dreamy and she presents this kind of... Bimbo... Persona. Mm -hmm. But... She... Um... I feel like she she has really, like, been the one character that has, like, moving up the social ladder. And yeah. it's according to her own will. And then even at the end, it's, like, very symbolic. Like, her gripping onto the steering wheel of the car is, like, an imagery of her control, I think.
0: Really? Megan, do, do, you, do you agree with that? Do you see her as in control?
2: I do see her as in control. But now that just... Makes me wonder, like, why? Okay, so I know, like, Tom Buchanan, like, they set him apart from Gatsby and Nick because he's old money. But then now, I'm one. I'm left wondering, like, why? Why would? Okay, what? How? What's the difference between Nick and Tom and Gatsby? Since all three of them are also more or less trying to like achieve that, and they're not like Daisy. They're not like blameless, and they're not dreamlike. What do you guys say?
0: So the men the man in the novel Okay, I think only only Daisy and, and her friend Is dreamlike Jordan Baker is actually not dreamlike mm-hmm. But why would you say that They are the same, right? Because they are quite different right? As in like, they're not
2: Okay, they're, I feel like they're the same In the sense that All three of them Okay, because I think the, no, I think the, I say the same that because Daisy herself is so different. She's in a yeah, she's like an elite of her own. She doesn't. She, somehow she gets what she wants. She like she wants it, She wants to achieve like all that like golden American girl and stuff like that. She gets it. Tom, in a way, gets it, but
0: it doesn't stop. He's like he's not in control. He's not in control. He's not in control like, fully. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, okay, so I think this goes to the core, like, of, like the, the core of Daisy, right? Like, why she can be in control so much is like, you know, there's this quote, and I hope she'll be a fool. That's the best thing a girl can be in this world, a beautiful little fool. So that, that's what Daisy said about her daughter. So that underlines, like, her motivations and, like, how she functions in the world as a girl and a woman. Like, as a fool, Which allows her to deny responsibility. Mm. I feel like Tom is also similar to Daisy though. I feel like
1: Mm. the league that he's in allows him to evade responsibility just as much as Daisy does. So Mm -hmm. in that sense, that differentiates him from Nick and Gatsby. Mm. And like, despite how Gatsby and Daisy's relationship is like romanticized throughout the text.
0: Mm. there
1: There are like glimpses. Where you can see Tom and Daisy as the final pairing. Like they're almost viewed as a unity really in a sense.
0: Yeah. So It's I
1: like think, it starts and
0: ends with them. Yeah. I think I think they are both powerful, but Daisy is more powerful. Mm. Right. Yeah. In like the way like she's able to control like everyone. Even Tom. I think because Tom is just, like,
1: one... Okay, I wouldn't call him single layer, but Daisy has, like,
0: a what she portrays in her inner world. Mm. Oh, yeah. I get what you mean. Like, Tom is Tom, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just, like, a strong, rich guy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, what was your favourite theme in this book?
0: Um... I think my favourite theme is truth. Like... Mm. Like... The truth... Like, what is true... true And what is not? Is that... Mm. As in... I, I think it is... But I just never really... Mm. Unpacked it. Yeah. I think it's because, like... For me, I like to analyse Nick's point of view. Mm-hmm. So, like... With Nick's point of view, it's like... Like, the truth is... The truth is not really true. Yeah. Yeah. And then, like... Mm, like, there's a lot of, like... Even his own background, like, he doesn't... He's not even sure of it, I feel. Like, even though he's talked about it so much. But, like... Okay, so, for example, right? We had a... Uh, the Caraways are something of a clan, and we have a tradition that was descended from the dukes of Buklage. But the actual founder of my line was my grandfather's brother, who came here in 51, and sent a substitute to the civil war. So, he's... Literally, his, bro- his grandfather's brother... Like, he's... He, they have a tradition where the descendant of the dukes of of Buklerch, but that's not actually true. Because the actual founder of his line is his grandfather's brother. So like like it's like you know what's true and what's not. Like his own background is like kind of amorphous in that sense.
2: Yeah, I think to add to that is like ironically a um, gets be on the other hand who has nothing. But he's able to like believe everything that he comes up with. Hmm. So
1: wait, in what part though? Which part? What, like, what part does he believe
2: everything gets to be? As in, like, he sort of constructs his own little life. Even though he's, he, like, he yeah. comes from nowhere, he just, just decides, oh, let me change my name, let me change this information that I went to Oxford and all that.
0: And then he becomes, like, almost obsessive about his new life that he has created for himself.
2: Oh,
1: so is it about how, like, the lie has become the truth? Yeah.
0: yeah. In that sense. Oh. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, and then... So, like, these complicated, like, truth. Like, his life, right? It's like, you don't know whether it's true or not. And then next, next perspective, like, co- further complicates that. Mmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I think that, that theme has a lot to analyse.
2: Never thought about it that way before, but yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: would have been helpful to think of this before (laughs) Is okay Megan what about you what theme stood out to you in this book
2: I think our lead teacher is gonna kill me for my response because it's like the most basic response but like American dream yeah American dream (laughs) my favorite theme but I think it's my favorite because it's like Mm. because although it's like a very common theme throughout the book it's a very relevant theme, like, even for today. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah, what you said about, just now, about how it's like a bit, like, embroidery. Mm-hmm. Like, when you look closer into it, it's like, a bit of, a, it's a bit of a haze, but when you look into it, it's like, not what it seems. So, it's kind of shocking, it's like, the way you see it's as a haze, and suddenly, you realise that, the shocking part is that, it's a reality, it's a reality in so many places, that, a lot of people are not going to be able to achieve yet the soul covers the American dream that they all hoped for. Which is the case in Gatsby, but also in real life as well.
0: So, do you use the the imagery of the green light a lot? Sorry? Do you use the imagery of the green light? Because the, the green light stands for the American dream, remember? Like, those kind of imagery, like, those... Do mm. you use that?
2: Use that in what?
0: Your essays. Probably not. Mm. Why? Yeah.
1: Were we told to not write about the American Dream?
0: Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> do, you <laughs> do you still like do it? The one- do you still do it, Megan? Like, do you write about the American Dream? Mm. Even after you were told not to?
2: it's not like, yeah, but... <laughs> but we like, did. I mean, like, the stuff about American Dream, you have to write about American Dream. Yeah. We did it come out in the exams? Did? I like there was one, there was one practice paper that I did that was actually about American Dream oh, yeah. and I was so scared I just didn't write about American Dream because you were thrown out to.
1: Yeah, I don't know if I'm like creating a fake memory <laughs> or, or A-levels actually had American Dream come out. Did it? Wait, did oh, it? Yeah, it? I, think I think it did. It did, right? Yeah,
0: I think it did. Then I was like, oh my god, what the heck? But I didn't, I didn't choose that. I chose the TVQ. Oh, yeah, yeah, same. I, no, because we did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I never had practice writing there. And I can't yeah. imagine all the tons of people that might have read? Like, they probably wrote about it in, like, their practice. Because <laughs> their teachers didn't say you couldn't write it.
1: No, but I think, which is so weird, because didn't, like, Cambridge the previous, year, the previous year say, like, we don't want to read about the American dream anymore. Oh, yeah. They wrote it in
0: their examiner's report. Honestly, okay. yeah, I think our year, the A-levels, it was just messed up. Like, all the questions were so weird. Okay, the <laughs> thing lit wasn't that bad, but, like, the other subjects. Oh, yeah, lit was, like... Yeah, but I saw it coming, because, like, I was analysing... better, than... I mm. like to analyse, like, Bastia papers. And I was analysing <laughs> that the trend was getting oh real. Like, it was getting were worrisome. worrisome. <laughs> like, literally, like, I, I, I track, like, econs and joke like, other questions, right? They become, like, weirder and weirder. Mm. So that's when I knew I knew that like Our um, batch <laughs> Like all the subjects Is gonna become weird Nothing really became been... Even the science so it Became weird Oh yeah I had the practical of so, weird. Yeah. yeah
1: Nothing could have prepared me For that math paper
0: man <laughs> Trauma we've, okay. we've 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 Went on to another Whole different topic Okay Okay
1: okay But So were there any like Quotes or passages That stood out to
2: you In this book
0: Actually you wanna reply that First uh, Okay
1: So I think this is something that we talked about previously. I wouldn't say that it's like my favourite quote, but it's just something that was very memorable to me about how um, every single moment is symbolic. So basically, after Gatsby dies, there's this imagery. And it's about how... Okay, I'll just read out the line. It says, The touch of a cluster of leaves revolved it slowly. Tracing like the lake of a transit, a thin red circle in the water, which is... So this is basically about how his body re- revolves in a circle after he pass, after he dies in the swimming pool. So it's a circle of blood. And this is like emblematic of one final image of the clock's rotation. So I, I didn't realize it at first. But then after reading it again, I, it was quite interesting. Because it echoed the fluid like time. Which is a theme that's reiterated throughout the text. And I thought it was quite um, symbolic in showing how um, the time has run out. Because throughout the book, Gatsby is so obsessive, like, repeating the past. But ultimately, it's like, showing how, no matter how hard you try, you can't.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about can I you, you say, like, a mm-hmm. quote nearby was also one of my favourites. It's like, yeah. about the Holocaust, right? and mm-hmm. i literally did not even know that like until actually just said it like it. <laughs> i googled it <laughs> no i literally no. i didn't know that 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 is about time that like there was an imagery of time there and like i think i analyzed it before that that uh-huh. section before so there's one another way in which gets me like fitzgerald is just playing with us like he's it's like, like every line single line like, has something that he's yeah. like No, I every crazy. single line literally every word you know like, <laughs> There are some words in gets in 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 gets me that's quite important. And they, re- yeah. they repeat. And then you, you can't even you even realize that they repeat. Oh yeah, repeating words. That's actually yeah, it's very common. It's a very common thing he employs. It's like he doesn't want you to know like he's using it, but he is <laughs> I think okay. mm, for me in this book, like there's so many favorite quotes. Okay, I want to sidetrack. And go back to what we were talking about just now, like the theme, right? Like my favorite theme was truth. Yeah. I found another quote that I forgot about, like like I erased it from my memory. But basically, Nick says, right, everyone suspects himself of at least one of the cardinal virtues, and this is mine. I'm one of the few honest people that I've ever known. Like (laughs) his his like perspective of himself is so warped. Nick is such a strange actor. Like, like basically like a lot of of the stuff that he says in the book is quite questionable. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so this is my favourite quote. I don't know, I have like 10,000 favourite quotes. Like, every quote I see is like, but this is one of them that I always use. So, Gatsby, he put his hands in his coat pockets and turned back eagerly to his scrutiny of... No, it's not Gatsby, it's Tom. Okay? Oh yeah, Gatsby. He put his hands in his coat pocket and turned back eagerly to his scrutiny of the house as though my presence marked the sacredness of the vigil. So I looked away and left him standing there in the moonlight, watching over nothing. So this is Gatsby, basically. So it's like Nick's perspective of Gatsby. So he calls Gatsby, like waiting for Daisy, he calls it a vigil. And then like, he he, he walks the perspective of Gatsby, right, by saying that Gatsby is watching over nothing. So Gatsby is watching over Daisy, but Nick portrays it as him watching over nothing so it's like an emptiness that becomes very profound because this is the end of the chapter Mm. yeah like this is how he ends the chapter it's like so dramatic you are watching over nothing Mm. i don't even i don't even remember reading that but that's so yeah it's quite profound right like it's quite so impactful yeah it's yeah it's not only so dramatic it's also like it tells a lot about how nick views get to be Mm. How about you, Megan? Honestly,
2: yeah. I think this sort of like just ties back to my favorite theme. Which is probably still um the last line of the of the entire novel.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, okay, yeah.
2: I think like that will always be like the most memorable one for me because I don't know, it's just so sad. It just after Nick delivers the whole events of the summer, suddenly it's like as if the summer never happened, you know what I mean? It's like, the whole venture, the whole, like, suddenly, like, when you think about it, like, the events were so pointless, And suddenly maybe, like, why isn't they even writing this book? Kind of pointless as well.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of, like, academic people, like, they see that quote as emblematic of the whole book.
2: Yeah. What
0: ties the whole book together. You want to read that quote now?
2: I think maybe from... Get to be believed in the green light, the Augustic future that year by year recedes before us. It eluded us then, but that's no matter. Tomorrow we will run faster, stretch out our arms farther, and one fine morning. But one fine morning, nothing. It's just a dash. It's like, just don't know whether that fine morning anything will ever happen. Mm-hmm. So we beat on boats against the current, born back ceaselessly into the past. Yeah.
1: I, I think like the last sentence in particular can be. Interpreted in a lot of ways So like What do you think It means to you?
2: I don't know To be honest When I think about The American dream I think about like Decker The deferment Like the Deferred Act Against childhood arrivals In the US You know how a lot of people Are like Deported Because they're They're perceived as like Illegal immigrants
0: Mm -hmm. So they're,
2: they're undocumented So
0: What's the connection you draw? That I draw? Yeah, like, mm. what's the connection between the quote and that?
2: Futility. And kind of, like,
0: mm. a very mm. deep sadness also. The futility of the American dream.
2: And... I guess so, lah. The futility of the American dream. Especially for all those people that, like, go to the US to seek it out. Mm. Even the people who already live in the US. Like, the how non-immigrants.
0: Tragic, how tragic it is, right?
2: Yeah, how tragic it is. It's like, you give up so much. And then every day you're just getting further and further. Mm. Mm. Yeah.
0: I think yeah, I think my favorite part about the book, right, is like how you can see like the connection to like reality. Yeah. And like the present times.
2: Yeah.
0: I think that's the hallmark of like the great literary novels. Like, <laughs> when can, like when you can like we can see it in mm. our time. that's true
1: well this just occurred to me but then the the phrase so we beat on right I just Mm -hmm. thought of it then I guess it also refers to like the numbing like nature of reality like they're just numb to anything and everything that happens and even after death they just continue on like Mm -hmm. nothing happened after death yeah like in this instance like the
0: death of Gatsby and the death of Mostert I think death in this novel happens a lot. Mm. And it's like hidden. It's like so normalized. Mm. Quite similar to now, actually, like present pandemic. It's
2: <laughs> <laughs> <That's> getting deep.
1: <laughs> okay, so what do you guys like most and least about the book?
0: Just like I mentioned, right? Like my favorite thing. Oh. It's about how it ties to reality.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Hmm, how are you, Megan? (laughs) Surprising Megan once again.
2: I don't know, I think my favourite will also be like, how, yeah, like what Grisha said, how these things that you think about, like, even in the Great Depression era, even today, they don't really die. Mm. Like, it just continues on and on, and like, me as a society are like sort of like plagued with the same issues but no one can really find a solution to them.
0: Mm. Yeah. So I like I do like how in The Great Gets be right, like he just focus to like the bad parts of society. That mm. like requires like that needs to be addressed. Mm. Yeah, you know, like the like how excessive the wealth is. Yeah. The exploitation, the treatment of the poor. Yeah. And then even like it's very insidious and like ominous like how the negative parts of society plays out. So like I think in the book it draws attention to these parts by, by, by like making it more dramatic. But even though it also occurs in real life today like we might not see it now but like in the book right gets me I mean Fitzgerald makes the negative aspects of the of the society more dramatic. For example like so, on Sunday morning, while church bells rang in the villages along shore, the world and its mistress returned to Gatsby's house and twinkled hilariously on his lawn. So, it's like the world and its mistress, it's like the infidelity, for example.
2: Yeah.
0: Is made into like, it's drawn up to a, like a large scale. And then, and then, and it's like positioned right next to the church bells. So, it's like how, like, the religion and infidelity is like right next to each other. It's like what in a sense. You know what I mean? You like the irony. Yeah, the irony of that. Is it like how both of them can somehow exist
2: like side by side?
0: Yeah. What do you think, Ashley?
1: I don't know. I think like on a different note, right? I feel like the book is very it's like a preservation of hope.
2: Mm.
1: Like this yes, whole entire story is like it's about his hope, right? Of re of like finding that love again. Yeah. And, and it's like, an I think, of looking at it. Yeah. And I like to think that even at his like death, he it was it was like he died with the thought of living with Daisy, of like finally being able to live with Daisy. Yeah.
0: Know? Yeah. there are two ways of looking at it especially at that quote at the end okay we've come to the end of our podcast episode Mm -hmm. and you can find our podcast on Spotify Apple Music honestly I don't even know why we say this every week because they are already listening to our podcast but yeah Yeah. okay
1: but you can find our Instagram at Confusion Confusions
0: thank you for listening thank you bye